I am afraid I have wasted my life serving Jesus Christ, a believer might say. I've missed out on all the joys of carnal living. I've missed out on drunkenness and alcohol addiction, not to mention hangovers, the dry heaves, the DTs, alcohol-related diseases, and children born handicapped with fetal alcohol syndrome. I've missed out on DUI convictions and soaring insurance rates. I've missed out on alcohol-induced accidents and crimes and the likelihood of imprisonment from them. Yes, I've missed out on all of that. I've missed out on all the lures of fornication of all varieties, including adultery, sex and creating children out of wedlock, bestiality, homosexuality, pedophilia, and a cornucopia of sexually transmitted diseases. (laughs) Oh, man, did I miss out. I've sure missed out on a host of other carnal delicacies, gender confusion, drug addiction, gossip, backbiting, hatred, bitterness, murder, deceit, envy, hopelessness, and so much more. The born-again can say, I've missed out on all of that. Have you yet to be born again, as Jesus declares in John 3, born a literal second time, this time of the Spirit of God? John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. And if you do, everything will begin anew for you. Today, all your sin and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Today, all of Satan's bondages will be broken. The bigger, the better. And I'm not kidding. Today, you will begin your new life clean and clear and with power over the world's hurtful lust. Today, you will begin to put on the mind of Christ. And what you will gain is truly out of this world, way, way out of this world. Here comes the simple prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said Psalms 19, 1 through 3. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor knowledge where their voice is not heard. God said, Psalms 33, 6 through 9. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood still. God said, Hebrews 11:3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Man said, I'm living the good life, and I don't need God or his Bible cramping my style. I'd live life to the way I like it. And when I'm on my deathbed, laden with warts and lesions, I'll give my sorry life to Jesus, and not a moment sooner. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1065, that will once again certify the inerrancy of your majority text Holy Bible. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and his ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting today. 
May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. In the Christian ranks, a powerful weapon against the incessant onslaught of naturalism is the examination of the handiwork of God. The marvelous and meticulous forethought and design work of God's creation strains to the nth degree the credulity of the blasphemy called the theory of evolution. The Bible teaches us that God spoke all things into existence out of the invisible with words. If all that you see is a product of words, then there should be proof everywhere, and of course there is. The word issue is not some abstract theological construction. It is the literal truth and is demonstrated everywhere by the obvious, miraculous design work of the Almighty. God said man said has published numerous features concerning the reality of God's designing words, addressing subjects as variant as the power of death and life which resides in the tongue, the placebo and nocebo effects, neuroplasticity and mind transformation, onto the four-letter alphabet of DNA and to the spiritual word nature of atoms. It is truly a matter of words, God's words. The handiwork of God is beyond amazing. The necessary superlatives simply do not exist. In this feature, watch how God's designing words play out in human DNA. Geneticist Dr. John Sanford of Cornell University discusses the DNA issue thoroughly in his book, Genetic Entropy. A sampling follows. We are only beginning to understand the first dimension of this book of life a linear sequence of four types of extremely small molecules called nucleotides. These small molecules make up the individual steps of the spiral staircase structure of DNA. These molecules are the letters of the genetic code and are shown symbolically as A, T, C, and G. These letters are strung together like a linear text. They are not just symbolically shown as letters. They are very literally the letters of our instruction manual. Small clusters and motifs of these four molecular letters make up the words of our manual, which combine to form genes, the chapters of our manual, which combine to form chromosomes, the volumes of our manual, which combine to form the whole genome, the entire library. A complete human genome consists of two sets of three billion individual letters each. Only a small fraction of this genetic library is required to directly encode the hundreds of thousands of different types of human proteins and the uncounted number of uh, functional RNA molecules found in with our cells. Each of these protein and RNA molecular types are essentially miniature machi machines, excuse me, each with hundreds of component parts and with its own exquisite complexity, design, and function. But the genome's liter liner linear information, which is equivalent to many complete sets of a large encyclopedia, is not enough to explain the complexity of life. As marvelous as all this linear information is, it must only be the first dimension of complexity within the genome. The genome is not just a simple string of letters spelling out a linear series of instructions. It actually embodies 
multiple linear codes that overlap and, constitu- and, consti- and constitute excuse me, an exceedingly sophisticated information system embodying what is called data compression. The bottom line is this. The genome set of instructions is not a simple static linear array of letters, but a dynamic, self-regulating, and multidimensional. There is no human information system that can even begin to compare to it. The genome's highest levels of complexity and interaction are probably beyond the reach of our understanding, yet we can at least acknowledge that these higher levels of information exist. While the linear information within the human genome is extremely impressive, the nonlinear information must obviously be much greater. Given the unsurpassed complexity of life, this has to be true. All of this information is contained within a genomic package that is contained within a cell's nucleus, a space much smaller than a speck of uh, dust. Each human body contains a galaxy of cells, more than 100 trillion, and every one of these cells has a complete set of instructions directing the cell's own highly prescribed duties. The human genome not, a genome not only specifies the complexity of our cells and our bodies, but also the functioning of our brains. The structure and organization of our brains involves a level of organization entirely beyond our comprehension. As we recognize the higher-order dimensions of the genome, I believe we can readily agree with Carl Sagan's oft-repeated statement that each cell contains more information than the Library of Commerce. Indeed, human life is more complex than all human technologies combined. Where did all this information come from? And how can it possibly be maintained? This is the mystery of the genome. End of quote. It is reported that the DNA of every individual alive on Earth would fit into one single aspirin tablet. Its instructions are written in letters, words, sentences, paragraphs, chapters, books, and volumes. Everything is a product of God's words, and scientific discoveries continue to shout yes to the Bible. Geologist and marine scientist Dr. Roger Gallup has over 35 years as a geotechnical and biological consultant. He makes many interesting points in his book, Evolution, The Greatest Deception in Modern History. Gallup lists quotes from scientists concerning the marvels of DNA. Keep an eye or ear on words as the quotes follow. If the DNA of one human cell were unraveled and held in a straight line, it would literally be almost one meter long and yet be so thin that it would be invisible to all but the most powerful microscopes. Consider that this string of DNA must be packaged into a space smaller than the head of a pin and that this tiny string of human DNA contains enough information to fill almost 1,000 books each containing 1,000 pages of text for compactness and information, carrying ability, no human invention has even come close to matching the design of this remarkable molecule. John P. Marcus, Ph.D., Biochemistry in Six Days. Darwinian evolution only has chance mutations at its disposal. 
because no advanced thinking can possibly be allowed, there is no way that the nucleotides could arrange themselves in a predefined code since this assumes prior knowledge. Thus, the very existence of the DNA-coded language stalls evolution at the first hurdle. Andrew McIntosh, Ph.D. Mathematics in Six Days. Common sense says that the amazing complexity of life cannot arise out of random process. Lee Spencer, Ph.D., physicist, MIT, years of research in genetics, John Hopkins University, the book Not By Chance. One cell division lasts from 20 to 80 minutes, and during this time the entire molecular library, equivalent to 1,000 books, is copied correctly. Warner Gitt, professor, professor of physics and technology, in the beginning was information. If they eventually made a computer as small as a cell, with a huge information storage capacity like DNA, and I scoff and claim, you didn't do that. It just came about by accident. They will rightly consider me a fool. Thomas F. Hines in How Life Began. This final quote is from Evolution, the Greatest Deception in Modern History, and it is the words of Charles Darwin, father of evolution himself. Often a cold shudder has run through me, and I have asked myself whether I may have now devoted myself to a fantasy. Charles Darwin, the life and letters of Charles Darwin, end of quotes. The magnanimous glory of God's words and action is inescapable. Romans eleven thirteen, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out! In Von Vett and Malone's book, Inspired Evidence, Only One Reality, you'll find the following information concerning the penguin and God's creation words and amazing forethought and action. Have you considered the penguin? It is a bird, but it cannot fly. Why not? The penguin dives for fish in the oceans. This bird does not have hollow, light bones, but solid, heavy bones with wings that act like paddles, so the penguin is equipped to swim. To swim and dive in the oceans with hollow bones would be like wearing a life jacket while diving to the bottom of a pool. Very difficult, if not impossible. So the great creator gave the penguin solid, heavy bones, which enable him to dive deep into the ocean to catch fish. There is no known link between penguin wings and bird wings. After all, how do you slowly change and intricately reinforce light hollow bone structure into heavy solid bone? How do you slowly transform a wing meant for flying into a wing perfectly designed for swimming? No transitions are known, and they are even hard to envision. Penguins also sport a fancy tuxedo. This tuxedo allows the swimming penguin to disappear in a flash when a predator spies him. Leopard seals, fur seals, sea lions, sharks, and killer whales are the main threats for penguins in the water. When a penguin swims, the black side of his tuxedo is up. If a, pre a predator swimming above the penguin looks down, the black penguin tuxedo blends in with the blackness of the ocean. If the predator is swimming below the penguin and looks up, the white part of the penguin tuxedo blends in with the light surface of the ocean again, making it difficult for the predator to spot the penguin. God has designed the penguin for successful living in the water. 
When you see design and purpose, you know it didn't happen by chance. There is a designer, and that designer is God. Did you know that penguins wear sunglasses? Penguins that live in the Antarctic experience intense glare from polar sunlight. Yet they have clear vision. Why? Within their retina are colored droplets of oil. And these droplets filter out blue and ultraviolet color, which allows penguins to experience no glare and enhanced visual sharpness. Researchers are now copying the penguins' orange-colored filters to produce improved welding masks. Today's masks are orange in color rather than the older dark shields, which obscured vision. Pilots, skiers, and sailors all don orange-tinted sunglasses and find improved vision in bright sunlight, fog, or haze. Why is the color orange a useful light filter? Orange-tinted sunglasses reduce or eliminate blue light, which is a major component of glare. Eye damage is also minimized by the orange filter's blockage of the UV light. When we face a problem such as not being able to see well in bright sunlight, we should stop and think. Does something in nature have the same problem? Observe how God solved it, and then copy God's solution. He solved the polar glare problem, and he can solve our problem. So the next time you see a penguin, say, hey, cool sunglasses, end of quote. God's words, the master designer's instructions that showcase his handiwork are absolutely everywhere to see. He created all that is visible and invisible with his words, words laden with the master's designer's instructions. When we match up our lives with God's marvelous words, the result is life and life more abundantly, even eternal life. Choose Christ Jesus and live forever. God said, Psalms 19, 1 through 3, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. God said, Psalms 33, 6 through 9, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together, as in heap he layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. God said, Hebrews 11, verse 3, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Man said, I'm living the good life, and I don't need God or his Bible cramping my style. I'll live life to the way I like it. And when I'm on my deathbed laden with warts and lesions, I'll give my sorry life to Jesus, and not a moment sooner. Now you have the record.